0: everybody. Welcome to another episode of Laguna Biatch the podcast. Thank you so much for listening as always. It's Kelly. (laughs) I got a lot of DMs about the ad and thank you guys so so much for being cool with it. Like I said just one ad an episode at the beginning of the episode and then we can move on. You can hear me talk about Anchor or Spotify and then we'll move on. It actually took me a while to watch this episode and I think it's because I knew it was the last one. Like I knew it was the last episode and I don't want Laguna to end. I don't want to not talk about Laguna and I don't want to go over the hills. I'm still going to talk about Laguna, but it was just one of those moments. I was like, oh, this is sad, but I don't think I'm even going to do an episode about Laguna season three. I might talk about it a little bit at the end of this episode, but not enough people loved it and I kind of I don't really want to spend time on it. I'm actually excited to watch The Hills with, like, fresh eyes. I know that sounds kind of weird, but I haven't watched The Hills in a long time. Like, I haven't sat down and rewatched episodes ever, really. Maybe a couple Friday Night Lives here and there, but other than that, most episodes... I'm sure I'll remember some of it, but it'll be like watching a whole new show to me. So, yeah, after this episode, I'm going to take a week off, and then we'll get right into The Hills Season 1, okay? Also, I haven't set anything up with Cammie yet because she's super busy. That's the thing. A lot of people have like regular lives and she's just like us. She has a real life. She's a mom. She teaches Pilates classes. She's going to New York for a week or something, for a few days, I guess. But she's coming on. I promise you she will be on eventually. I'll stop teasing it for now until we get like a date, but she will be on eventually. So let's get right into it, guys. Let's get into One Last Wave. Isn't that like the perfect name too? Such a good name, One Last Wave. But it starts off with Kristen saying, you know, her senior year was the best year of her entire life. And I agree. I think in school, junior and senior year are the best. Senior year, you get a little bit, like, sad because you're going to miss your teachers. You're going to miss your friends. But luckily, with social media, you can keep in touch with them. So I think that helps a lot. But back then, all they had was, what, MySpace and email, right? I mean, they had cell phones, but I, it wasn't like you could FaceTime or anything. So we start off with Kristen, Jessica, and Alex H., and they're talking about their high school reunion. And I think it's kind of weird because when season one had their high school reunion, Trey, Lauren, Lowe, and Steven posted a picture with a whole group being like, 10-year reunion, love it so much. But nobody did that for this class. And I know there was one because I remember Kristen saying she was either pregnant or just gave birth before her 10 year reunion. I can't remember which one. So she wasn't able to go. But you'd think that like there'd be some photo evidence of it happening and there just isn't. So maybe not enough people wanted to attend. My high school reunion is in November and I'm actually really excited to go. But I also think only like 25 people are going to show up. <laughs> I, I had a really small class, uh, only 160. So we'll see who comes, who doesn't go. And it'll be fun. I didn't hate high school. Especially like senior year, I feel like everyone kind of became like, well, I'm not gonna say everyone became cool with each other. My, my grade was pretty clicky. But anyway, back to the episode. <laughs> this isn't me reminiscing about high school. Not until later, OK? But they're talking about what's going to happen for the future. So get ready for some predictions. It's kind of a long clip, but we love this clip. You know what clip I'm talking about. So get ready. Can't wait till our high school reunion just to see where everyone ends up. The, the big old, like, beer belly and, like... Oh, Justin, bones, and what like, is Jason gonna do? Let's write our goals. Like, what we want to ha- be happening. Oh, just an like, expectation. Relationship. Also, in single, you'll be, like, engaged. All Jessica. Right. You're gonna be married. Jessica will be married with, like, eight kids. <laughs> okay. Career. Kristen. I could see you being, like, a TV host or something. Like, either a talk show or, like, an, an entertainment television. Really? Thing. Jessica. You're going to be a, like, excuse me, I'm going to be owning a daycare. I was just going to say I can see you're owning oh a Oh, my God. But I need to hire a lawyer. Long- I'm going to open it up in L.A. Yeah, so we'll still be living in L.A. I want to live in, like, Virginia with my little, like, SUV. (laughs) Like, Like, when you have your kids in your minivan, you're like, what? Never have a minivan. Thank you. You're such a (laughs) mini-mom. Oh, my God, I can't wait to see, like, what happens. I know, I know. Oh, my God. And I think it's kind of fun because, obviously, we know what happens. We know what happens 10 years later. I mean, Jessica's was pretty on point. You know, she has four kids. She lives in Texas, not Virginia, and she doesn't have a minivan. She made that clear during one of the lives I did with her. She's like, I don't have a minivan. Please don't tell anyone I have a minivan. So she's stuck with her word. No minivan for her. Kristen, of course, we know what Kristen's doing. Kristen has been able to stay relevant for such a long time, and that's one thing I've always said. I'm like, somehow, Kristen Cavallari is always in the media. Like, even... Even after Laguna, she did some acting. She was on Veronica Mars. There was another show she was going to be on, but it got canceled. So she's always kind of been there. She's always been in the media somehow. And she's hosting E! Red Carpet. I guess that's an entertainment host, right? I I would, I'd put that under entertainment host. And then, of course, she has Very Cavallari. And she owns all the Uncommon James, the Uncommon Home, Uncommon Little, Uncommon Jewelry. I, I don't know if it's like, Uncommon James Little or little I think it's Little James actually sorry about that I got the names messed up but she owns like a she, you know she's CEO of the Uncommon James umbrella everything under the umbrella that and then for Alex H she's in I know she was in real estate I don't know if she still is in real estate living in Hawaii she's so cool she's just such like a crunchy hippie person and I love it so much what Jessica said Jason does not have a beer belly he's looking great he's aged well so happy he's sober cleaned his life up. It's important for sure. But yeah, I just think it's kind of funny like hearing them saying that and then watching it obviously 13 years later, 12 years later, however long ago. I always I always say that I'm like 13, then I'm like 12, then I'm like 14. It, I don't know. So after the little moment and I think it was Gina's pizza they were at, Cedric, Jason and Talon all go ride one last wave together. So of course we need to end the season how we started it with a surf session montage. You know, it's just the guys surfing. They're at Thalia, Thalia Beach. I don't know how to pronounce it. I feel like I didn't. I think it's Thalia. Thalia. There's an H, I think. There's a T and an H and an Alia in it. (laughs) But I hope you guys remember this specific outfit I'm about to talk about. Jason is wearing this baby blue hoodie and I thought and still think he never looked better. The way the baby blue goes with his guy lights, oh my God, and like his, his grown-in chin strap. Oh, it gets me every time. And they all, but they all say it's very gnarly that they're leaving and they'll miss one another. And Cedric actually admits he wants to cry. I feel like guys on the West Coast are way more in tune with their feelings than any men I've ever met in my life. (laughs) It's actually refreshing to watch this back and see a guy saying he wanted to cry because he's going to miss people. But they walk up the steps, all say goodbye to each other. And then we have the saddest goodbye. And I mean, like, the. Saddest goodbye. Alex M. and Taylor. I think, I just, I think it's the saddest one because it seems the most genuine. And also because Taylor was leaving. She was going far. She was going to Arizona. I don't know where Alex went. I feel like Alex went to school for a semester and then she went to LA, but I could be totally wrong. But I just, I love the Alex M. and Taylor friendship so much. And Alex is crying like as she's walking into the house. And Taylor is so good with her because she doesn't want to show that she's sad as well. But she's like, you can call me. It's going to be okay. You can call me all you want. And then Alex says, who am I going to hang out with? And it is so sad. Like, oh, my goodness. Who am I going to hang out with? That's so genuine. And it's also such a like you could say that at any point in your life. You could say that when you're 18, you can say that when you're 26, like when I was moving in my head, I was like, who am I gonna hang out with now? My best friend Devin moved when I was, when we just graduated. We've been best friends since we were seven years old. She's like a sister to me. She moved to New Hampshire, so not super far. But I remember I was like, who am I gonna hang out with? Like, this sucks. We made it work, still best friends. What's up, Devin? You don't listen, but what's up? But I, like I said, it's just so relatable. And I think I mentioned this in the season one podcast. I didn't go away to school all my friends went away and then I was just like stuck or I felt stuck nobody made me feel stuck I went to community college to start off I went to Quincy College in Plymouth Massachusetts and then like I I went up from there but I was always home I commuted to school I did one semester at Wheelock in Boston which isn't a college anymore (laughs) but yeah it sucks when you see everybody leaving and like doing what you think you should be doing. But anyway, back to Alex M and Taylor. When they're saying goodbye, they both like hug each other and cry. And Taylor's mom, Karen, is kind of lingering. And she goes, can I just say goodbye to Alex? And then Karen hugs Alex and says she's going to miss her. And it's just like, it's so sad because you even miss your friend's parents. There are still friends' parents. I know if I like walked into the house, I'd be welcome with open arms. And that's such an awesome relationship that you have with them Taylor says to Alex don't get any new best friends okay and then they hug and say goodbye and that's the last we see of Taylor and Alex M I think Alex M I don't know if Taylor's in the scene but I know Alex M is in a quick scene in season three but that's it so now we're at the Conrad castle you know we needed one more time at the Conrad castle so Stephen walks into Elsie's room wearing a cowboy boot on his hand doing his weird harrow. And it just kind of hit me. Do you think he hated how he looked in season one and was trying to come off as like funny in season two? After that happened, I'm like, he acts so fucking weird. And then I was like, wait, all of season one, he was like crying and upset all the time and didn't look very good in season one. So maybe he wants to prove that he's funny. So maybe he's doing all these weird things to try and prove that he's funny. He also says this little thing and I think about how much I hate it pretty often. You know what, I'm just gonna play the voice clip and you'll hear his weird voice that he does, the harrow, and the, like the breathing he does too. But how he ends this conversation, how he ends it, just, it's gonna stick with you and you're gonna think about it, it's gonna haunt you, okay? Hello. Hello. Come here. Hi. Hey. 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 Good. Look at you, pack, pack, pack. Special child. I honestly, I have no idea why, but I think about him saying "special child" like all the time. In that scene, they're super flirty. Like, I know basically everyone I've interviewed is like, "No, Steven and Elsie were always just friends." I'm like, I don't know. They're really flirty, and he, like, hugs her from behind and kisses her on the head. And I'm kind of like, I feel like that's more than friends. And maybe that's just, like, my little heart wishing that Steven and Elsie ended up together. But whatever. (laughs) I still think they acted more than friends in the later half of season two, I'll say. So they take a little break, and for their break, they go out to look over to Laguna. They go stand at the gorgeous pool in the whole, like, gorgeous little backyard area. And know what it kind of reminds me of? I was watching it and I'm like, this reminds me of when Mufasa and Simba are on Bride Rock. You know what scene I'm talking about? Like, everything the light touches is yours, Simba. What about that dark, shadowy place? You must never go there. <laughs> Whatever he says. <laughs> I, I don't know why all of a sudden Mufasa has a British accent, but you know what scene I'm talking about? And that's just what it reminds me of. Like, they're both just standing there. Conrad Castle, Pride Rock of Laguna Beach, looking at all the peasants and looking at everything. (laughs) But MTV, I have to give them credit. They always have the best music in Laguna, even on like Real World, The Challenge, all those shows, the reboot of The Hills, the original Hills, best music out there for shows. And MTV put on 100 Years by Five for Fighting. It's just so good. Like, I love that song. And if my mom was watching it with me, she'd be crying That's her favorite song, I think, of all time. So Elsie and Steven move from the edge of the pool to some lounge chairs. And they have this little conversation about how summer was and then also about friendships. Elsie gets real deep about friendships, so I'm going to play that right now, too. I like to give you a heads up because I know that the audio is a little bit louder than when I speak. And I don't want you to have your music up too loud, and I don't want you to hurt your ears. I care about you. Way to get out of here. Ready to try it again? It'll work out this time. I love L.A. I feel completely different from last time. Last time I was scared out of my mind to leave, and now I'm like, I know I can do it. I'm going to be a single girl in the city. You're going to find someone so quick, I bet. Uh, Would you want to find somebody? I don't want to look. I want someone to find me. You don't want to look? I just don't have very good luck dating. (laughs) I have bad judgment. Bad judgment. Uh, you going to disagree with that? No, I'm not. I was just, I was, mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. Like, with Jason's momentary lapse of judgment. What I love is that everybody changed so much, but when we all got together, like, this summer, it was, like, the same. You know, everyone's changed and they've grown, but you're always going to have that group of friends that, like, you can come back to. Like, I still feel like I'm just as good as friends with you. Think about the that we've all been through, but it's all made us better friends, I think. Yeah, see when you're stuck with me as a friend. Uh-oh. That's one of my favorite LC quotes ever. Because it I mean, for me, I have, you know, a core group of friends. I have these friends that I can go back to no matter what. I mean, this group of friends, we've all fought. We've all gotten in these crazy fights. Some of us didn't speak for months, but we've always been able to just kind of navigate it and admit to being wrong, and half the time it's me, because I'm can be dramatic. That's the thing I will admit. I will 100% admit that I am a lot to be friends with. Like, there's no denying it. I think I've said it before on this podcast. Like, I put in a lot when it comes to a friendship, so I expect a lot. (laughs) And that's just who I am. But then I have, as I've grown, as I've become a true adult, I've realized that. You can't put your expectations on other people and it's up to you if you want to deal with their bullshit or not. That's totally up to you. But if you think about it, that scene is our last Steven and Lauren scene until he pops up on the hills. And a lot of people don't remember when he was on the hills. I feel like he was on season four, like beginning of season four, beginning of season five. And I can remember like looking at Prez Hilton when he was still awful Yeah, I wish I I wish I wasn't a Perez Hilton fan, but there was a point in time where I really liked Perez. But he was posting pictures of them like hanging out, going to the movies, going to clubs and MTV planned it that way. They were kind of like, let's hype each other up. Let's get these Hills ratings going up, because if you tell me Steven's going to be on the Hills, I'm going to watch the shit out of it. And I think that was just before he went on One Tree Hill. So I think it helped them both. And they're also friendly, so it just, it wasn't weird for them. That's what I kind of think happened. PR relationships, man. But yeah, that is the last Lauren and Steven scene that we get. And I think it's a good one. And I also think it really like hammers in the fact that they're best friends. They're nothing more than friends, even though I still think they were more than friends. But now we're on our last Kristen and Steven scene. And it's a beach scene, which I think makes sense. I feel like the two of them are always on the beach. And if you think about what their first scene, their first scene in season two, they're on the beach with all that angst and perfect by simple plan playing in the background. And they're both just not happy to see each other. And then at the um, at Lowe's Christmas party, they're unhappy to see each other, but they really come full circle. They're really friendly again, which is nice. I don't know how you guys feel about being friendly with your exes, but I guess if it's high school, that's cool. <laughs> but I feel like now I'd be like, just get the fuck out of my life. <laughs> but I can also be pretty bitter sometimes. So that might just be me. But Kristen keeps saying that she's tripping out and she wish she didn't go through the over it phase. She kept saying her and Alex got to a point where they were just over it. They didn't wanna see anyone. They didn't wanna talk to anybody. They just wanted to move and she's kind of bummed that they actually talked about that and felt that way because she wanted to live more in the moment and not be sick of this place. Er, This place, of course, meaning Laguna. And Steven quickly says that he wants to have a home in Laguna and Kristen kind of makes fun of him. He's like, one of my many homes will be in Laguna. So I wonder if he does have a place there. I feel like he posts a lot of pictures in Laguna and he was in that marvelous ad with him and Lauren. And I know Lauren lives in Laguna. So yeah, I guess that wouldn't surprise me if he did end up having a house there or if he has a house there now. Steven ends up bringing up their sushi date. And I always thought that was like so romantic of him. I thought that little sushi date was the best thing. And they're both kind of laughing about it. And he's like, I had that little towel that neither of us could fit on. But that was a moment, guys. When I saw that, I'm like, I want to have a beach date. And then, like, I remember going to the beach with my friends, like, trying to eat food. I'd be like, there's so much fucking sand everywhere. I never want to go on a date here. <laughs> I'm not a huge beach fan. I'm not a huge fan of the beach. I have to admit that. I'd rather be at a pool, somewhere that has a bathroom, somewhere that sand isn't everywhere. But I do like going to the beach and, like, standing and watching waves crash. Just not, like, hanging out on the beach. Anyway, Steven and Kristen fucking love the beach, okay? Okay. And Kristen says that she doesn't have any negative thoughts about her and Steven's relationship, which I thought was like a weird way to put it. She's like, I don't have all these negative thoughts like you think. And he was kind of like, if anyone should have negative thoughts, it should be me. And I do have a clip of that and about to play it. But they go a little back and forth and Steven seems to be ready to call her out, but holds back. So I'm kind of like, I wonder what he wanted to say. I'm curious about that. I'm gonna DM Dieter and be like, hey, what did Steven want to say when he didn't say it? But here's the clip. I do. No, I don't. Anyone should have negative thoughts. It should be me. And I definitely keep him out. Okay, so? I just always get the, I always gotten the vibe that like, I did something like super, super harsh. And like, I'm the asshole. You did? <laughs> okay, I'm not, I'm not you. Yeah. Oh I don't miss the tone of that voice. I'm sorry that quality was rough. I think it's because they are at the beach and that's all you can hear is the waves crashing. But after that little moment, they walk up the steps and they're standing on like a little landing area. Steven's behind Kristen hugging her. and she is sobbing. like she's so sad. It's really a cute scene. Like, I don't know, I love that scene. But as they're hugging to say goodbye, I have to say there was a payphone in the background and it kind of like threw me off just because you don't see payphones much anymore. But it also reminded me that like Laguna was a long time ago. Laguna was around when there wasn't like social media really. They had their cell phones, but they also needed payphones. I don't know about you guys. Do you you guys ever call your mom like from the mall on a payphone? You do the 1-800-C-O-L-L-E-C-T and what you had to do like a message and you'd be like, Hey, mom, come pick me up at the mall. And then she'd accept the charges and be like, okay, I'm on my way. And then you hang up so she doesn't get charged a shit ton of money. I don't know if you guys ever did that, but I definitely did. So Steven gets in his little truck and he drives off while Kristen looks into the distance. And then once he's out of sight, she turns her attention to the ocean And just looks over it and she's crying like she's so sad. It's emotional. It's emotional to, you know, graduate. It's emotional to move away. These are a lot of emotions, guys. They should have called this episode emotional. That was a terrible joke, but I'm not going to edit it out. I'm going to leave it in there. So now we have the trio of Alex, H., Jessica, and Kristen saying goodbye to one another. And we find out that the first thing Jess said to Kristen was... I just want to introduce myself before Alex M. says anything bad about me to you. And Alex H. is like, yeah, that's still pretty, pretty on point for those two. And I just have to say in the background while they're packing, Never Gone by Backstreet Boys starts to play. And I highly suggest that you listen. You'll cry (laughs) like you'll definitely cry. Maybe you won't cry. I always say you'll cry. I cry to it. So maybe you'll cry or maybe you'll just be like, wow, that's a beautiful song. I always think of like my grandparents that passed away. So yeah, that's why I cry. But I listen to it. Never Gone by the Backstreet Boys. One of their best songs that obviously doesn't get attention. Jessica walks into the room while Alex H. and Je- Kristen are packing. They're all talking and reminiscing about getting ready for dates or just nights out. And it was always Jessica sitting on Kristen's bed while Kristen and Alex got ready in the bathroom. But I know I said the Taylor and Alex one was really sad. But I actually think this one might be just as sad. Like the more I think about it. Again, there are two people in this world. People who cried when they said goodbye and liars. The final song to play is Farewell to the Old Me by Dar Williams. And it's so good. So good. In so many of my AIM away messages. Just another song you should download. And we see Talon and Jason saying goodbye. They hug and say I love you. Which again is very like strange for me to see because boys in my high school would never. They'd be like, oh, that's gay. Something stupid. But they did love each other, right? Those are your best friends. Hell yeah, you love them. But again, you have to be a man and men don't love. (laughs) Sorry, that was kind of fucked up. I feel like high school boys aren't allowed to like express emotion ever. That's how they feel. Unless it's like anger. That's the only time they can show emotion. So it's kind of nice to see like Talon and Jason say I love you to each other. Because I feel like Talon doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Then we see Elsie packing up her convertible with Jim and Kath. I call her Kath now because she's my friend. She's not my friend. She won't accept my Instagram follow request, which I guess I can understand. But it's iconic because that's the opening of The Hills. And I don't know if we knew about The Hills at this time. I feel like they told us right after this episode. They did an after show. And then they were like, Lauren has a show. Just like that. That noise and everything. But you know what I'm talking about. Her black suitcase, her pink suitcase. She's driving down PCH on her way to LA. And it ends with... Kristen looking over the ocean in memories of the last two seasons. There's a lot of Steven laughing with the girls. Some Talon. Some Cabo. Some Drunk Miss America. We got prom. We got graduation. And that's it. That is how it ends. That is it. Laguna Beach season two is donezo. And I'm not going to do season three. I'm so sorry. It's just crazy to think that. It's like 40 episodes into this podcast or something. So thank you guys so much for sticking around. I think it's gotten better. Like I re-listened to a couple of the first episodes and I was like, damn. Thank them for sticking around. Like mental note, thank them. So thank you as I always try and do. So you guys, like I said, gave me like a lot of really awesome stuff the other week when I asked for it. (laughs) But somebody actually asked me about True Life, which was definitely... One of my favorite shows ever on MTV. And they asked me which one was my favorite. And I have two. True Life, I have Tourette's. And True Life, Fat Camp. And then I remembered a story. My best friend Christina went to school at St. Bonaventure in Orleans, 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 whatever, New York. Like, close to Buffalo, almost Canada. Guess who she went to school with? Petey from Fat Camp. So... I ended up going to visit her at school with my friend Taylor. And the whole time I'm like, I'm hooking up with Petey from Fat Camp. Like, no one's going to stop me. I am doing this. Christina's like, well, he doesn't like to be, like, recognized. And my friend Taylor was like, you should do it. (laughs) My friend Taylor's like, you should definitely hook up with Petey from Fat Camp. So, again, as I said earlier this episode, as I've said a million times, I didn't go away to college. So like going to a college party was very weird and different for me. So I had like two cups of jungle juice right away because why not? And I got pretty drunk and Petey walked in. So before that, I got like warned, like, don't bring up fat camp to Petey. And I'm like, all right, I won't do it. <laughs> so Petey walks in, like I said, and he I was like, you look so familiar. And he gives me like this nasty ass look. I'm like, where do I know you from? He's like, you don't know me. I'm like, I do know you. And he was like, yeah, you, I guess you do know who I am. So we were like talking the whole night. I ended up, he I think he smoked a cigarette. I could be wrong. I don't know if they were smoking weed or cigarettes, but I walked out with, I don't remember. Not that I don't know. I know the difference between weed and cigarette, but I walk out with him and my friend Christina was like right behind me. because She didn't want me to hook up with Fat Camp Petey. <laughs> so I didn't. I ended up hooking up with the birthday boy. So whatever his name was, sorry Petey. <laughs> But yeah, that was my that was my PD story. But I loved True Life. There were a bunch of them. There was one, I think, with steroids that was really dark and sad. I guess most True Lifes were like pretty dark and sad. I also love Diary. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it last week. You think you know, but you have no idea. This is the Diary of Kelly Williams. That was definitely a favorite of mine. And then what behind the music, not behind the music, that was VH1 making the video. So now what you guys kind of gave me the two weeks ago now, somebody said that they recently lost two of their best friends and they're feeling really lost without them. I'm not sure if like how you lost your friends, I guess, if if they passed away. I'm so, so sorry. Like, that's terrible. I can't even imagine if you lost them because of a fight. Maybe just give it some time and then reach out if it's worth it. That's another thing that's really important is like if you fight with someone, just take a minute to think like, is this worth my time and energy? Like, am I even going to care about this in a year? Not even a year. What is it? Like five months? If you're not going to care about it in five months, don't don't reach out or anything. That's just how I feel. Friendships are hard. Friendships are harder than relationships, in my opinion. Somebody said they're starting a new job and they want to make friends with their co-workers. Any advice? Lay low at first. That is my advice. I think if I went into where I work now with like guns blazing, wanting to be friends with everybody... I don't think it would have worked. In a lot of offices, it's clicky. So just like lay low, don't say anything about anybody and then you'll get in with everybody. (laughs) You'll be friends with everybody. When I worked retail, I always kind of ran my mouth a little too much. I got into a little bit of trouble because I couldn't shut the fuck up. So I learned from that and I've learned to not cause trouble all the time. Somebody asked why Jason's voice is so different and I, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. I think it's because he's sober. I think before we always saw him when he was fucked up and now he's sober, he's clean, he's doing great and his voice is very different because of that. How do I get over the fear of missing out on events that people post about? FOMO's real. I am always trying to not go out and spend money but I am always out spending money because I hate missing out. I don't have advice for this. (laughs) It's something I'm still learning. I'm trying to learn how to say like no to things I don't want to go to. But then you see your friends are going and you're like, I guess I'll go. This one, there were like a lot of really, really good ones. This one is probably like one of my favorites. If you're really good friends with a couple and one cheats, do you tell or stay out of it? Yikes. I think you should talk to your friend a little bit and kind of see if they have an inkling. But it's really tough because a lot of the times if you're friends with like the girl and you know the guy cheats, She'll get mad at you for telling her. There's really no easy way to get around this. And then you'll also get in trouble if you knew about it and didn't tell her. But I would say tell her or tell him. I think it's important. And, you know, they might be mad at you for a little while, but they'll probably get over it. I had a friend who I thought was getting cheated on and and I think was being cheated on. I don't think she listens to this podcast. I'm not going to say her name or anything. But I actually talked to my mom about it for advice. And I was like, mom, what do I do? Like, should I tell her that I think he's cheating on her? And she goes, Kelly, she already knows. There's no way she doesn't know. So I feel like your friend might have an inkling that they're being cheated on and maybe just kind of beat around the bush a little and ask some things. I hope that that is a good answer. I say tell them. Now that I'm thinking about it a little more, tell them. Gently, gently tell them especially if you have like solid proof because there's no way they're going to believe you at first unless they already like, as I said, already kind of knew beforehand. But it's definitely a tough one. It's it's not a position I ever want to be in. Tell us about getting a degree in digital marketing. So my degree is actually in communications. I didn't get a degree in marketing at all, and I am now a social media manager at my company. Luckily, I do have background in social media. I did kind of leverage the fact that I was able to grow my page, things like that. But I would say just keep up with the trends. Working in social media is can get tough because Instagram's always changing their algorithm. Facebook is always doing whatever the fuck Facebook wants to do. Twitter is no man's land. It's very lawless, <laughs> So you just have to kind of figure it out as you go. Media is fun. Digital media is fun. I love creating things. I think it's really interesting. I love seeing what works, what doesn't work. Going through those kind of tests. I love doing paid social. And this is the fu- oh, I guess I have two more podcasts that I listen to. I don't listen to a ton of podcasts. I listen to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino. And I listen to My Favorite Murder. I sometimes listen to, I believe it's called Take Five. I don't really listen to a ton of podcasts. I'd say my favorite murder is the one I listen to the most because I've listened to them for like three years now or however long they've been out. And the final one is I'm struggling with a career change and leaving home. Any tips? Do it before you talk yourself out of it. Moving away was the hardest thing I've ever done. 100%, super hard. It's not, I mean, it's just not easy and that's the reality of it. Especially if you're moving somewhere that you don't know anybody that's even worse. Luckily, I found a friend through a bartender. You know, she was my bartender when I visited Nashville and Peyton and I became really close and really good friends and we still are really good friends. And also don't feel weird about how you make a friend. I felt very weird that she was my bartender. I'm like, do you think I'm annoying or do you think she even wants to be my friend? And all my friends were like, shut the fuck up. She obviously wants to be your friend. She's obviously talking to you, and it was almost like a new relationship, but it was a friendship, so I guess not, but whatever. You know what I mean? Like that little, when you're getting to know somebody and you're like, oh my God, do they actually want to hang out with me? Do they actually like me? That type of deal. But if you're moving to a new city, there are a bunch of Facebook groups. You can do Bumble BFF, and most people want to meet new people. I think that's important to remember too, especially if they're new to a city. They, They don't know anyone either, so shoot your shot. Make those friends. The last thing I wanted to talk about was actually two things. I keep saying last thing. No, I'm talking a lot this week and I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I was told not to apologize so much. I have kind of stopped looking at DM requests because that's where all the hate mail goes. That's what I call it. Like, Just nasty messages that aren't good for my mental health, basically. People telling me that all I do is bash Kristen, which I don't think is true. Because that post that Shannon put up being like, I'm running a business. And then Reagan commented and someone was like, that's fucked up that you posted that. All you do is bash Kristen. So again, I don't hate Kristen. Just because I'm friends with Shannon doesn't mean I hate Kristen. And that person also said that I suck up to Shannon. And let me just tell you guys something. (laughs) There's a lot that happens, like, as you guys know, I'm sure. There's a lot that happens off of Instagram. There have been fights. There have been Moments where I've told people to fuck off. And these people are people that you see me with, that you see me interacting with. So I don't, I suck up to certain cast members a little bit more. I'll admit that. Lauren Conrad, suck up to her 110%. But I'm also not afraid to call people on their bullshit. And that's what I'm going to add there. But back to the request thing, I don't really look at them much anymore. And it's also tough with the reactions to stories because... It pushes everybody's things down. So I try and always look for podcast. So that's, that catches my attention, podcast. I, if you if I haven't responded to a message, just throw podcast in there and you'll have my attention, I'm sure. Today I posted about Britney Snow. Britney Snow is a living legend that we don't give enough credit to. She can sing. She can dance. She can act. And so many people were like, oh, I loved her in John Tucker Must Die. I'm like, what about the best trilogy of all time? Pitch Perfect. What about Hairspray? <laughs> Brittany Snow is great. She's a national treasure, and it's time for us to show her some respect. I did put this in my story. Don't know if you saw it or not, but if you didn't, Brittany Snow used to date Talon. Talon and Lauren Conrad reportedly used to hook up in high school, right? So we have those three, our three key players. Well, it's mostly just Britney and LC. Brittany dated William Tell. William Tell is married to Lauren. Now Britney is engaged to some guy named Tyler who went to Laguna Beach High School and graduated in Cammie and Kendra's grade. So it's such a little tangled web that we can weave in Hollywood. And the last thing I wanted to touch on is Nick and Aaron Carter. So Aaron is clearly going through something. He kind of is going off. He's not kind of. He is going off on Instagram and Twitter about his guns, about Nick, about his sister. And it's just so sad. It's sad. And I kind of was like poking fun. And then I'm like, this isn't nice. Like, he, I can't make fun of Aaron Carter. Like whatever he's going through, he's going through. I will say, I know I talk about celebrity blinds a lot. NT, who I talk about again, has a podcast and it's crazy. Daysandnights.net is his website. And I believe you can get to the podcast through his website. But if not, it's called the CDAN Podcast. And you do have to pay like four ninety nine dollars a month. Somebody asked me if I was ever going to do a Patreon. No, because I don't think I have time to. If I could put more episodes up and do more extra stuff, absolutely I would. But I don't feel right about asking for, you know, $5.99 a month if I'm still only putting out four episodes, three episodes maybe. But he has a podcast about Nick and Aaron and he said Nick has had sexual assault allegations against him. Nick has swept stuff under the rug and even if you watch the Backstreet Boys documentary him what you're made of Nick's temper is fucking crazy he goes off on Brian and just goes insane and the way he talks to a woman during that scene is kind of like whoa so I think Nick I don't think Nick's like a great person I don't think Nick's a nice person all the sexual assault stuff. I mean, I hope that they get to the bottom of it. As much as I love Backstreet Boys, like, if you're doing that stuff, is not right. And as far as Aaron goes, I genuinely hope he gets help. Looks like he's not sleeping. It looks like he's just going through an episode. I have people in my family who've had, who've had schizophrenia. Um, he passed away, but... It kind of reminds me of what he used to do and how he used to go off about the government and things like that. So it's funny. I mean, it's not funny. It's not. But you can say like, it's funny that he's singing Bye 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 in an sync shirt trying to say like, fuck you to his brother. And it's, I don't know. It's just like, it's, it's not funny because he's clearly going through a lot right now. But yeah, I don't think Nick is a good person either. I think Nick's a piece of shit. Um, just do some Google searches. You'll see a lot of stuff about him. I am a Backstreet Boys fan, but I I mean, I haven't looked at Nick the same since I listened to that podcast that NT Lawyer did, The Crazy Days and Nights did. Suggest you listen to it. He has a bunch about a bunch of different celebrities. Do I believe all of it? No. Do I believe some of it? Absolutely. Okay, real life final thing. I am about to finish a book, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I am not a reader. I will read like, funny autobiographies, but usually I'm not a reader. I read, like, Lauren Conrad's books, um, what is it, 19 Minutes by Jodi Picoult? books like that I like, but this book has sucked me in so deep, <laughs> and I know I've talked a little bit about Taylor and Carly, and the writer was once asked, like, is Evelyn Hugo Taylor Swift, and she goes, she could be, so that's why I started reading it, and then I'm like, damn, because a lot of Hollywood relationships are fake. And I think once you read Blinds, once you kind of start noticing different things, you're like, oh, wait, like, damn, a lot of these are fake. A lot of these are for attention. But really good book. Highly recommend it. It's like 400 pages, 300 something pages. They're making it into a freeform show. I will say it's pretty like sexually explicit, sexually graphic. I don't know. One of those. And it's going to be on freeform. I wish it was on something like HBO or something because obviously Freeform is not going to do a good fucking job with this book. Will I watch it? Yeah. Will I hate it? Yeah. (laughs) I'm so pessimistic. But I hope you guys liked this episode. I hope that I did Laguna justice and I will catch you in two weeks to go start with the hills. And I hope you guys have an awesome week. Thank you so, so much for listening.